John Branion, professional comedian for more than 30 years. And I'm Amanda McKinney, John's daughter for more than 30 years. Our family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how we do it. So welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. Welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door, Carl. Uh, if you're listening, your name is Carl. You are our, my neighbor, and I and the peaches... My daughter, who's also here. We need to re we need to re-record that intro. It's good, like time-wise, it fits nicely in that little spot, mm-hmm. in that little music break. But you're not happy with it because no, it's it just doesn't old. give enough information. No, not that even. Just it's just old. We just need change to it up. Change it a little. So what do we need to say? I don't know yet. Hey, Carl. That's just going to be confusing. <laughs> Uh, so if we sound a little out of breath, it's because we've been stuffing pillows into new pillowcases that are Christmas festive here at the house. And yeah, I'm also very hyper aware of the fact that we were bumping the microphones in the last episode and yeah. I just need to, maybe I should get a towel or something. That's what I suggested. I don't know if that'll do it. With the, the kitchen table of the comedian next door is a hard oak table. And when we put the microphones on it, if we make any contact with the table, At you all. can hear it through and the like, microphone. And there's it a big was, long foot under it that my foot rests on. And so like every part of the table resonates is a potential sound. It's like a giant problem. percussion instrument that yeah. we have balanced the microphones on. So if the kid runs through the, the dining room, that's going to carry through. If mm-hmm. I move my foot, if I put my phone down, if I put my water down. Which she just did both of those things. Which I just did. If I move this little cord. Last time I think this cord was stuck between the microphone and the soundboard. And then it was like rubbing. Right. So. So Mandy had a a, a pretty, pretty frustrated comment about sending out last week's podcast because of all of the ambient noise that was, was like, bothering uh, her. It's like, dum, 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 dum. So we're trying not to. We're sitting very still. I'm. I haven't moved since we started the podcast. I'm, We're trying not to. I'm don't. sitting stock still. Can I make that into a verb? We're what? trying not to don't 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 don't. We're trying not to don't. There was too much to don't thing last time. <laughs> We're trying to reduce, diminish the don't. <laughs> we want to know. We want to know. Uh, if Nobody should done, do that much to don't ding we, in a single. We've done a episode. better job of not to don't ding as much as we did don't did the last, last time. time. Yeah. Okay, anyway. So Christmas is upon us, and we've got pillows. It would never occur to me ever to get pillowcases to put my regular couch cushion pillows into at Christmas time. So for those of you who are interested in interior design, uh I... I like the farmhouse chic to a point, but it's a little too rustic for me. So I've discovered my actual flavor is more like a, like vintage eclectic. Like I like, I like crystal and lace and pretty things, but it's, it gets too heavy and too museum. Like if I'm like too Victorian, if I'm not careful. So right. I'm balanced that out with some distressed stuff. We've got some open shelf piping shelf uh, areas that my husband put together um, so I like pipes and I like, you know, I like all that. And so for pillows, I just go nuts. There's all, all kinds of pillows on my sectional couch. There's crazy different 
uh, patterns. So you can't. Yes, I like I like plain walls for the most part, but then I like patterned like curtains, chaotic pillows, rugs, pillows. Yes, I like to add all of my color in those areas. So. But it doesn't look like my house is completely decorated if I don't do something with that couch because it's a sectional, so it's huge. It's giant. And I've got, you know, 10 pillows, 12 pillows on it already. So I just took some of them and combined, put them together into an even larger pillowcase that's Christmassy. Mm-hmm. And then my sister-in-law, Megan, gave me her old pillows she didn't want. So I just took the stuffing out of them. And long story short, I need to vacuum now. There's fibers all over my living room. Mm-hmm. But it looks so jolly. It does. So it's festive. <laughs> What's it's another word? Seasonal. It's celebrational. That's that's it's, not complimentary enough. It's uh, so spectacular. <laughs> it is. I'm, all I can think is ho ho ho, which is not a. I'm turning a lot of verbs or something. Sound effects. Yes. Sound it's effects interesting verbs. that my my wordsmith <laughs> daughter is without. A descriptive. There's a word that that has to do like a Christmas time word that's an adjective. It's like that has to do with like nativity. Yuletide. What's the adjective that has to do with? You've made. There your, is one. The, the, if I listen to enough old carols, I'm sure I'd run into it. If you listen to enough old carols, you'll hear the word "gay" a number of times. <laughs> that's not the one I'm. Is that what, is that what you think? Does your couch look more gay than it did? You might almost say that. Christmas adjectives. That's what I'm going to Google right now. And by the way, we have a friend who shares her Google searches at the end of every month. And I find that hilarious. I can't figure out how to make Google show me my history all at, at once. Like I can see the history of the websites I've I'll visited, bet you could Google how to do that. I probably could. And that would be funny. Like you get to the end of the month and what did she Google? She Googled... Um, Ho, 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 and Christmas pillowcases, and how to go- how to find your search history on Google. And also, Christmas adjectives. Mirthful, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, miraculous, not what I'm looking that's for. That's a little more, that's a little more messianic. Here's than is- over 500 words to describe Christmas. Positive words to describe. Oh, oh 500 Advent, words. is there a word for Advent? Advent? Is it an adjective? Is Advent an adjective? I think it is. No, Advent. Advent's one of those words that's both an adjective and and, and so a So can I describe noun, it as it? adventy, or is Ad, it advantageous? <laughs> that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Adventurous. Um, charitable. Charitable <laughs> it doesn't look like that, Carl. Yeah, that's sort of a. Oh, uh, I don't know. Send so you've got words. you've got five hundred Christmas words and you still can't find one They're that's not appropriate adjectives. for your couch. They're not all adjectives like decorate, display, uh, dream, dreamy. It, it's very dreamy out there. I don't think of Christmas when I think of dreamy. No, I don't either. This is not what I thought it was going to be. There's festive. That's your word. Yep. Um, that's the best word carl she's going to keep looking and she's going to come right back to festive which was the first word that i offered i mean you can she's going to be right back at festive after all of this time what else are we going to talk about well we were gonna we're not going to talk about what i wanted to talk about because you put the kibosh on it i just don't think that i don't think it's helpful to try to get people to be in favor of being a jerk right that's helpful but that's but that's the way my mind works. Mm-hmm. I can't help it. Well, 
Because you said you were writing your post based on something Mike Winger wrote. Mike Winger. Mike Winger wrote. He's a pastor. I'm glad you brought that up because I'll read his quote. He's a pastor and he writes a lot or he does a lot of long form YouTube videos where he like picks apart entire chunks of scripture. He'll right. spend weeks like preparing to talk about really difficult topics and it's a good channel. Right. I am. I am. Fairly optimistic that if I reached out to Mike, we could have a conversation. We have had conversations with people who have had conversations with Mike, so we're only one degree away. We're only one degree of separation away from Mike Winger. And yeah. if uh, if any of you know Mike Winger personally and you want to get in touch with him, let him know that or I Or if would... you just want to be annoying, you can go into his comment thread on YouTube and just keep saying, hey. Just keep mentioning my name. You know who you should meet? John Branion. Yeah, just keep throwing that name in <laughs> to his comments, no matter what he says. That's how you. That's how we met Doug Wilson. <laughs> he didn't even know who he was, and somebody kept saying, "You sound like Doug Wilson." Yeah, so there that's you go. True. That's true. Do it to Mike. Go to you Mike. Sound like go, you John, sound just like John Branion. John Branion. That's a guy you should. Meet. Especially if you hate me. If you hate me, then definitely go to Mike's place and complain about me. Uh, no, I'm not going to be able to find it. And Mike has been doing stuff with uh, David Wood, too. And I like David Wood. Oh, has he? Yeah, they're doing a... So I definitely have to know Mike, because then that would put me just one degree of separation <gasps> closer to David Wood. What about ornamental? That's <laughs> It's ornamental in my you living gasped, room. You I thought you had something about Mike Winger that you were going to throw in. <laughs> no. Or I, back to the couch. I cushions. just thought of a great word. Actually, I read it on this long, long, long list. So... I okay. don't know why you're having trouble finding it. I could have found it. No, I'll get it. It's right here. Uh, okay, here's Mike's quote. Even if you're totally right about me being selfish, cowardly, click-seeking, approval-seeking, bigoted, arrogant, rude, or whatever your complaint is, you haven't even begun to work through my reasoning. The truth spoken by a jerk is still true. Right. Right. And I liked that quote. See, so did I. That was a good, but he's not saying it's good to be a jerk. He's not saying it's okay or trying to make a, a apologetic, you know, argument for the benefits of being a jerk. He's not even trying to redeem that word as here's a new way to look at it or here's a perspective right. on jerkiness. That right, that's because uh, that's not his role. That's my role. No. My role is to do that. Because here's the premise, and you're... You're probably going to disagree with me because you like to argue. I already have. You like to argue, <laughs> but but speaking the truth succinctly and directly will get you labeled as a jerk. Right. I do agree with that. Okay. So all I'm doing is leaning into that rather than fighting with people about rather than diverting the conversation to no, let's figure out what a jerk is. I'm saying, okay, I'm no, a jerk. If I'm that's what you want to call me. I'm not saying figure out what a jerk is. I think people are already familiar with what they think a jerk is. You are not actually being a jerk even by their own definition when they're calling you one. So strike one, they're not even using the word the way that they believe it should be used. But number two, the problem is not with the definition of jerk. The problem is with truth. People don't even know what truth is. Mike is an apologist, and he deals with like these arguments that, that are based in classical the theism or classical theology. Right. I disagree with you, though. I disagree with you that the people who have called me a jerk sincerely, I mean, people do it you know, to be antagonistic and provocative and for various reasons, but people who sincerely refer to me as a jerk 
they do think that's what it is. They don't know the what truth, the truth but is. But not in love. No. I think that they don't know what the... That's what I mean by they don't know what the truth is, though. They think truth has something to do with how nice you're being, and right. that's wrong. And so the issue is not with the jerk side of the equation in the jerk word in Mike's quote. The issue is with the fact that when he says, well, you haven't even begun to address my argument yet because truth stands alone apart from your beliefs about my character. They right. can't agree with that. They don't think that's true. They don't even know that truth is something that can and does exist even when they don't like the packaging. They think the packaging is part of it. Right. So I think that- Yeah, I agree with all that. People need to be forced to think about the truth and what the word truth is rather than getting, I think the sidetrack actually happens when we start talking about, when we start embracing the word jerk, because now you've actually given them biblical reasons to be upset with you. Because if you actually are biblically being a jerk, if you're, if you're being a jerk, according to what God's law would define it, then they're correct that you're wrong and they shouldn't, they shouldn't necessarily listen to you. Um, because you're, you're a troll. You're a rabble rouser. You're a right. mocker. You're, you know, you're doing things that God Himself has said you cannot do. You should not do. And a person who's indwelt by the Holy Spirit won't do. Right. So, but see, but you you have already, but you you've changed the definition of what a jerk is. No, you changed the definition. No, of what I a jerk didn't. Is. I was you using their. I was right. using their understanding of the word. Correct. Which is a changed definition of the word jerk. You don't get to use theirs. You have to use God's. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like the, you can't see it, Carl. She said, you have to use God's. And she pointed at herself when she said that. I did not. Yes, you did. She said, you have to use God's. And you pointed I was in doing your direction. This. I'm flipping my hand. I'm not pointing at myself. Yeah, I now was, you're being a jerk. I was em, em, uh, emphasizing the word by flipping my hand. <laughs> Except you, you weren't flipping God's. it out. You're flipping it in <laughs> towards yourself. It was a subconscious it was a subconscious gesture yeah. towards yourself when you said you have to use God's definition. I just don't don't with my phone. Um, yeah, I like how suddenly we agree with Freudian slips and things. Suddenly we're using secular humanist psychology. Freudian slips are uh, are valid. Yes, yeah, suddenly that's a valid argument right. in this Did, conversation. Your gestures are valid. My they, gestures are condemning they, me. They, your gestures, your gestures contradict your words, and so I'm going to go with your gesture. Therefore, the hand motion is <laughs> right. I'm going to read more into with. your finger pointing than I do into what you say. Oh my goodness! Yes, you said you changed the definition of jerk because you were just rolling with the incorrect one that people gave you, and I'm right. like, yeah, I don't think that's helping us at all because the Probably problem not. is they don't know what the truth is. Probably not. And now they're confused even more, and they're like, and I know I can't trust John because he speaks out of both sides of his mouth. <laughs> Which, again, not true, but they don't know what truth is, so what are you going to do? You know. Uh, well, the difficulty that we face here at the comedian next door is trying to strike that balance between saying things satirically and with a bit of humor and wit and saying things clearly and right. so that everybody understands what we're talking about right you can't that's mock the something, ragged edge that we walk on you can't mock something until everybody knows what the objective truth is so they can recognize the absurdity in whatever joke you're trying to make and i will acknowledge it is harder and harder to to do satire i mean it is harder to joke in this cultural climate than maybe ever before, or at least in recent history. And so, so yeah, you have to be careful. And I do tend to err more on the side of like clarity and yes. careful. Which is not funny. It's not funny. Right. 
I mean, I'm fine if you want to make fun of me for being a, you know, stick in the mud or whatever, but I know that <laughs> I know that I have a very literal son. Right, that would make me a jerk <laughs> if I did that. I have children that I'm raising. They're all pretty literal minded. Um, Colin in particular, who yes. is very, uh, I heard a story the other day. Apparently one of the other homeschool moms was teaching Colin's class. I wasn't there, uh, but she told me later that, that somebody came up and asked him, another adult said, do you want to be in the talent show? And he's like, yes. And so she's like, your name is Colin, right? C-O-L-L-I-N. And he says, yes. Or no, she asked him to spell it. And he said, C-O-L-L-I-N. And she goes, okay. And McKinney, no, M-C-K-I-N-N-E-Y. And he goes, C-O-L-L-I-N. <laughs> I don't think she said McKinney. I think she said he said C-O-L-L-I-N. And she, she said goes, M-C-K-I-N-N-E-Y. And he goes, C-O-L-L-I-N. <laughs> right. She didn't she didn't cue him that she had moved on to the right. last name. Right. And this is like the same day or around the same time that that Emery had her tea party. So then yeah. the six-year-old had her tea party that day, and then we came back and told Grandpa John about how she got a tiara. Yeah, we have told this story. Yeah. She got some tea. She got a nice flower that she got to have at her fancy tea party. She got a boa. Well, I thought she did, but turns yeah. out... The teacher offered her one, and she declined. So Grandpa John said, "You," he says to Emery, you said no to the boa. And she goes, I said no to the teacher. <laughs> she got this look on her face like, why would you, why would you, I talk to a boa. Right. Why would I say no to the boa? And so she clarified for me. Yeah, I said no to the teacher. totally serious. I did not speak to the boa. Right. I spoke to the human. Right. She was totally serious. So I know that like people do legitimately, genuinely get confused by some stuff. Yes. And and recognizing satire is kind of difficult. And you know, the crazier things get out in the world, the harder it is for people to recognize. It, it is. So. And my position is that I was not necessarily speaking to the people as we talked before we started recording. To the people who are intentional jerks, the trolls who are going to come in and be deliberately antagonistic. Okay. Just to try to provoke people. Okay, That's but even not then, who I'm talking but to. even then, you just said I'm not talking to the genuine jerks. But you didn't say anything about a genuine. I did. Jerk. I differentiated between the people who are. If you look in the article, I differentiated between the people who are uh, guided by their emotions, the people who, for emotional reasons, are doing whatever it is they're doing, and they're not espousing truth. I did talk about the importance of saying true things. Okay, but you didn't say anything about them being a genuine jerk versus your different... I didn't use the word genuine. Right. No. You just used the word jerk, and you said, I prefer the best communicators who speak with clarity and abruptly without considering emotional consequences... My favorite conversations are with people who say what they think is right, and it could offend me. And those are the people you would call jerks. Right. Then you go on. I'm. I'm right. suppose. I suppose I'm fond of jerks because I am. Oh, one. so your point is I was talking to the people who. Yeah, I was talking to people who who think that, that being, being direct and abrupt, right. and and the other words that I use, cold and and lacking compassion, right. and. Uh, and arrogant, all of the words that get ascribed to somebody who right. speaks like that, that's what they think a jerk right. is. And you said, I'm not talking about genuine jerks, but you didn't say that in your post, no. and you didn't differentiate between people who are actually doing sinful and wrong things versus the people that you spent like six paragraphs defending and, and giving accolades to. 
Right, because I was talking to people who have a tendency to label those people as jerks. And and I, I learned this from you. Rather, right. I, I learned that from you. I learned <laughs> you take their definition and you go, okay, this is your definition. We'll go with it. Here's why. Here is the upside right. of being a jerk by your definition. Right, but I don't think that you were clear enough that you were basically mocking that position you weren't clear enough that it's like okay since you're gonna since well you're this gonna is why satire is hard because right. you have if i have to say okay i'm being satirical That's now not what then I everybody's said. gonna go well then we don't have to take it seriously because he's just being satirical i didn't say that you have to say i'm being satirical now but you could say okay if you're going to keep defining things incorrectly we will go with that then you know and you didn't you didn't set that up and so because there is such thing as an actual sinful way to be a jerk, then it's not it's not a good use of our time to spend a lot of effort trying to get people to think differently about the word jerk because because they're right that jerks are sinful. They're right that jerks are wrong. Yeah, well, genuine jerks. But see, right. this is genuine this is what jerks. you this is genuine what you jerks. and I talked about in the comments section. It requires discernment Correct. to differentiate between the different types up? of why did I show up and leave the comment that I left? Because you didn't think I did an adequate job of covering that <laughs> so in that my you article. Could give, so give you the opportunity to say what you said. Yeah. I wrote, and you can go see this on our Facebook page, Carl. Go to the John Branion Facebook page. I or wrote, you can subscribe to my blog and it'll be there in a No, because then they won't two. see this thing that I'm reading. Oh. It bears mentioning there's a difference between plainly speaking the truth and being a troll. Right. So there's a difference between um, truth speaking and trolling. Because I thought I said that. Trolls don't say true things. They are trying to get an emotional reaction because they're being just as illogical and emotional as the people who think that clarity is somehow a problem. And you wrote, with 13 likes and loves, by the way. Oh, do I have that many? Yeah. It, because I set you up. You're welcome. I, I know that. I know. <laughs> See, I'm not completely... <laughs> Dumb. I'm not oblivious to stuff. I know that you make comments this, because you're teeing up yeah. a uh, you you're trying to model how a dialogue works this with is people. For Carl's so it sake. looks like it looks like you're disagreeing or it looks like you may be scolding or something like that. Right. And then it gives me the opportunity to come in and respond to right. you so that people can see how that you how people who about care it. about each other. Well, they want to see interact. that you've thought about it and that you've you're capable of looking at the other side of the coin. Right. And you said to me, it requires some discernment to differentiate between different types of jerks. Right. There was no mention of different types of jerks in your post. <laughs> I thought it was implied. <laughs> of course you did. You said in these troubled times, the That's truth true. tellers. It's true. When I, when I write this stuff, I think that everybody's going to be no, able to track. They're not. I think that they're going to follow me. They're not. You said, and this should have been in your original post, in these troubled times... <laughs> The truth tellers you get lumped in said. with the trolls and the provocateurs. You differentiated there. Truth tellers who are called jerks are different from trolls and provocateurs. Right. That is written in that comment, but right. it was not in your original post. So go look at it, Carl. Look at it. Tell us what you think. <laughs> tell her she's right. Tell me tell I'm her, right. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell dad he's being a jerk. Tell Whatever. me I'm being a jerk. <laughs> tell me I don't have any idea how... People think. This is a cool comment, too. I hadn't read this. This is from a commenter on that. 
post, whose name is Jason, and he wrote, in places like Russia, that's normal, what you describe as just being kind of blunt. Mm -hmm. It's a strange little fantasy culture we've created here in the States. It's not always easy to navigate through all the fakeness and pleasantries that many of us perpetuate. And that's what I was writing about. Correct. Correct. But Jason has some sort of of a... connection with Russian culture. Anybody who's grown up in the United States is kind of like a fish that doesn't know it's wet. I mean, you have to really be explicit, I think. Well, and you would be, you would be put off by Russian conversations because it's like, these people seem so angry with each other. I noticed it with uh, Scottish culture. I love Scotland and Irish culture too, to an extent. Um, Like, northern united kingdom like they, <laughs> they're really really mean Direct. yeah they're they'll the people they like the best i guess they just drink get drunk and start yelling at each other and start yelling at each other um but they're still friends yeah <laughs> well it's I, I, we are maybe not that uh that extreme in it but our family tends to to roll that way you know once yeah. we it, one of the most off-putting things to outsiders is the way we handle each other's idiosyncrasies. You know, and you 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 screw up and say something uh, in, incorrect. You misspoke, or uh, or you forget something, or you make some sort of a blunder. And this family will constantly bring that back to you. Mm-hmm. We constantly bring that back. There is no. Yep. There is. We never forget. Because the truth is funny. When you've done something stupid. And you're never a jerk when you're making someone laugh. <laughs> now, see, that's, that's, yeah. All right. It's anyway, okay. It's okay when you say see, it. See, this is why I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to even open up the can of you didn't worms. Wanna, you didn't want to do what we've just done We're for the last 15 minutes? minutes into this. Well, we talked about pillows for a few minutes, to be fair. Yeah, but I didn't find a good way to describe it, so I'm not feeling good about that either. All right, so explain explain what would make you feel better with the last half of this podcast. Well, we got a comment on it's our Telegram you. group, right? Yeah. And Which, if you're not a member of the Telegram group, Carl, uh, go to johnbrandy.com, join the comedy click, and you will be able to go into the member section of the website, and then you can hop into our Telegram group. There's a link there that will take you right to it. And the... the instant that you join the telegram group you will be asked a question by ray yep and and then you're in that's all there is to it emory is de- don't 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 you standing here de- donting next, next to the to table this. emory i'm pointing and saying you have to leave the room you can ask me later nope oh. i'm saying you have to leave the room if i have to pause you're not gonna like it okay so this is what happened <laughs> uh somebody in our telegram group wrote I don't always listen to the comedian next door, but when I do, I never regret it. What? Yeah. They don't always listen? Great show posted yesterday. Why does it say it was posted yesterday? I, because they're listening on Anchor and not on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. I need to tell him that. I need to tell him he can get even more comedian next door on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. If you're listening through, if you're listening to the, uh, if you're listening in anything other than the Fight, Laugh, Feast app, then you are a You're week behind. behind. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, he said it was regarding the topic of shut up, which was one of my That's favorite episodes too. Yeah, several weeks ago. And then he also said, this is the part I wanted to get to. The previous one was also a particularly good one where you introduced the speeding mama bear who was posting on Facebook. 
Um, I would say that you own the subject of badly behaved women in a special way. No one I know uh, with a similar perspective as yours, i.e. evangelical women, is talking about the subject in a solid way that, like you do. Boom! Nobody else he knows. That is correct. Yeah. We are... I don't want to go so far as to say we're the only ones talking no, about I it because I not. believe that God has other voices out there. Right. In fact, I probably wouldn't be as solid on my own views of things if I hadn't had other people kind of light the path a right. bit. So I can point out different places where um, I've I've been taught, you know, from others. But right. But the, but the problem is that that's this type of conversation is very obscure and it doesn't have a gigantic platform right. in evangelicalism. There's right. there's not a massive uh, there's not an important uh, recognizable voice that talks right. like this. All of the recognizable celebrity voices in evangelicalism don't sound like this. Right. Which is important because one of the things that I say is we tend to have an assumption. It's an unconscious assumption, but it's an as, a subconscious assumption. Um, but it's an assumption nonetheless that women don't sin as often as men do. Right. We tend. And why do we assume that? Well, because the way that our culture describes and defines sins, we have ranked them, and we happen to rank pre- predominantly male temptations and sins as more serious or more important than female sins. And so constantly we're being introduced to like topics about violence, topics about not going, not working for your family, not providing topics, looking at porn, uh, getting drunk, alcoholism, getting drunk, looking at porn. So these are all very tangible, physical things that you can point to. And it makes, it's very easy to, to deliver a sermon in 30 minutes on a Sunday morning where you just kind of tick those things off and say, stop doing it. You can deliver a sermon to the, a congregation that says husbands should not beat their wives and children. Right. And no one is going to go, wait a minute, pastor, back the truck up. Everybody agrees with that. And yeah. it's very concrete and it doesn't require a whole lot of description. People are on track. Nobody's going to push back. No yeah. one's going to write angry emails. So, but I feel burdened. I feel burdened to continue speaking about this, even though we've talked about it many times, because I think it's harder for people to recognize the sins that women are doing under more cover of darkness. I don't think it's being exposed. I don't think people are recognizing it. Um, and the analogy I always give is I've got boys and girls growing up in my home. The boys might, you know, lash out and scream, I hate you, or throw a punch, which is absolutely wrong. Right. But meanwhile, the girls are like whispering to them in their ears, you know, you're stupid. Provoking them. They don't get caught. Right. But they will do things knowing they're wrong, knowing they're wrong. And then they'll say things like, um, oh, okay, for example, um, what were you, I'll ask, what were you doing, young daughter? And daughter will say, I was just going to the bathroom. Right. Well, what did you do on your way to the bathroom, young daughter? Nothing. Nothing at all. I just was walking. Like, okay, I heard your brother shriek. And I know he's a little emotional. He's kind of crazy sometimes. I he know doesn't he does, always maintain control of his emotions. Wrong. He definitely does lash out when he shouldn't. Yes. But he doesn't lash out for literally no reason. For no reason. He doesn't just lash out at you, doesn't take a swing at you, doesn't scream at you right. just because you're going to the bathroom. Right. And the fact that you just said you were going to the bathroom when you knew full well what I was asking about. That's a lie. That's you're deceptive. You're in double trouble now. Right. You're manipulating and deceiving. You are giving me the information you think is going to get you off the hook when you know you did something wrong. And that is 
it's not exclusively a woman thing, but is predominantly a woman. Right. Just thing. like it's not predominantly a female thing to look at porn, although some women do. Some do. It's also not predominantly a male thing to be sneaky and conniving and right. and psychologically waging war against people. Right. So it's not predominantly a male thing. So we have to talk about it. We have to talk about it again because we have. Because all the attention is on the males. Yes. All of the attention is on the obvious, uh, loud, destructive, violent sin that men perpetrate. And we never spend a moment talking about the, the silent sin of women. Right. And that is to our shame because we have a lot of sisters in Christ who are not being helped. Right. And held accountable for their behavior. Well, and more importantly, and it's going to lead to their destruction. This is really, really insidious, and it's complicated because we normally talk in the church in terms of husband and wife. We talk about husband and wife, you know, male and female. Right. But what happens is families are made up of more than just the mom and the dad. Correct. There are also children. There are aunts and uncles, grandmas, grandpas. Um, they're all involved too. And so what happened was recently a influencer on social media in the Christian sphere posted and said that um, there was a hypothetical situation. I think it might've been based on a real life situation. Who knows? But the gist of it was, you know, there are these dads out there who, who push their mom, push mom to the breaking point. Husbands who push a wife to the breaking point. She, Husbands she divorces him. Who abuse. Well, it was actually, he's abusive. He, he abuses her and he's unfaithful to her. Right. And so she, so she divorces, divorces him and gets away from the black hole of his narcissism. Right. And then she's happier. And then she's happier. Once she's divorced him, she's happier. She's happier and, the and kids, he's sad. The kids are taking his side and they hate mom for what she did because all they see is how happy she is over here and how sad dad is over there on this other side. And it's bizarre because these kids don't seem to realize that dad has pulled the wool over their eyes. Was basically the the post. Yeah, I think that he would I think I, I I think that that is uh, more or less the gist of it, but it was it was the fact that they are basically being snookered by dad's emotionalism. Right. By dad, but dad is sad because he's now no longer you know married to mom or whatever. But the divorce is, has made dad sad, right. and so they realize so they gravitate towards deserved. dad based right. solely on the fact that he's sad. Right, and they and they uh, ostracize mom. Because dad is sad. That was the the right. idea that he was. Right. And I'm just over here going, I know dozens and dozens of women, dozens and dozens of divorced women, dozens and dozens of children of divorced individuals. And I have no idea what this situation is that he thinks that he's describing or why he thinks that this is the message that Americans in the church need to hear. Yes, you do. You know why? Because that's the, that's the scenario that mom presents. That's right. the scenario that is being presented by mom. If you just listen to one side of the story, well, that's, just that's what you're going to hear. But to say, this is a direct quote, the kids in their easy to manipulate youth and ignorance are now rallying around their dad and they hate mom. Um, you know, I, what they don't get is that sad dad is the one who created all these problems in the first place. What do we do? I don't know. I learned a long time ago. It's very difficult to fix crazy thinking. Right. And I'm like, 
Okay. So how, he's saying the children are crazy. The children are crazy? Right. How old are these kids? Are you talking about a four-year-old? Because, okay, yeah, kids probably that old don't really know what's going on. I wouldn't call that crazy. I'd just call that childish. But there were but, people in the comments, women, saying, yeah, I know exactly what this is like. My daughter's 30. I didn't get an, an invitation to the wedding. I didn't get an invitation to the baby shower. Right. I'm not allowed to have anything to do with her. Right. And the premise is that it's because dad's toxic manipulation has somehow taken over the minds of these adult children right. so they're not even able to think for themselves anymore right. they're just completely controlled by dad's emotionalism but but this daughter who's now apparently married with a baby at least mm -hmm. is now a mom in her own right and so that's the part where it's like how do these pastors not see when they're giving messages about how mom's emotions are you know, their take on things are usually pretty astute. Moms usually know what's going on spiritually. But yet this daughter in this situation is assumed crazy and doing bizarre things because she's sided with dad. Right, so you defer to the adult mother right. with her own children, but somehow she's not able to discern what's going on with her mother. Right. Yeah. Right. What do you do if you've got a woman in your office <laughs> she, who's in her 30s and she she's perfectly like... perfectly understands her own children. Right. But she's utterly clueless about her interaction with her mother. Right. right. If it comes to... If it comes down to, you know, a situation where there was abuse happening and you want to get the perspective of the rest of the family, but your conclusion is... The four, you know, the three kids they're and crazy. dad are all wrong yeah, in this situation. Crazy. But and mom, mom is mom's correct. the one who is exactly correct in her perception, and all the rest of the family is out of their minds. Yeah, and that's such a lazy way to dismiss it. I mean, it's just so it, it's so lazy to just go. Well, everybody's crazy. Everybody's crazy except me. So here's what I said: How old are the kids in this hypothetical scenario? I think it's really unwise to question the judgment of family members who have actually lived in the house with both mom and dad. You've got to be pretty dedicated, a pretty dedicated worshiper of mom's feelings if you assume that they're more accurate reflections of the truth than the feelings of all of her children and her ex-husband combined. If they're toddlers, sure. But if they're teens or adults in their own right, listen to the kids. Moms have been assumed more holy and spiritual than dads for way too long. Yeah, but that last line is the one that's going to trigger everybody because it sounds incendiary. That's exactly the sort of line that's going to get you labeled <laughs> a jerk. Sounds like I'm being a jerk. <laughs> right, but I'm not. I'm being empathetic. And all the yeah. fact that I have a woman down in the comments saying, you are being, you are lacking in empathy for these women who've been abused. Right, it's like, she's calling you a jerk. You selfish woman. You self-centered, self-obsessed woman. Yeah. Where is your empathy for men who are being falsely accused? There isn't There's any. There's none. And nobody in the church is holding because her Because they don't think that men can be abused. Right. They don't think that those people exist. Yeah. There are no abused men. There are only abusive men. Yep, and so here's, I had somebody say, two people actually said, it actually happens a lot and you should count yourself blessed that you haven't experienced it. Someone else said, you're blessed you've never been abused and then had your abuser try to turn your kids against you. See, I love I love that when somebody assigns me a life. You've never been abused. And right. There's no way they could know that. Right. No way. Right. But well, You've never been through what I've been through or right. you would... Well, or but you again, you've never had your abuser try to turn your kids against you. It's like, right. no, what I'm trying to do is stand up for the people who've had their abusive wives try to turn the kids against them. That's what I'm trying to do. Right. And Christians often, this never even occurs to them as a possibility because they've never heard their pastor talk about it ever. It's like, no, no, when I say abuser, you know in your mind you're seeing a male. 
Like you picture mm-hmm. a male form, a male body when somebody says abuser. You're he not comes thinking home, of the woman. He comes home through the front door. He's got a slab of raw meat slung over his <laughs> shoulder. He starts swinging at the kids and swinging at the wife. And he flips on the porn and right. uh, and demands that they be, the kids be quiet and that she make him a sandwich. Right. All of that is happening, by the way. And when the, when the divorce is over, the kids are going to take his side. Right. They're going to gravitate towards yeah. him because, they, because he's sad now. He's obviously an abuser. He's been punching the daylights out of her daily and the kids still want to go hang out with they him. They want to go hang out with him because they because he's sad yeah. and he's he's emotionally manipulating them that and totally brainwashing happens. them. That right. totally happens all the time. Right. That's uh that's a little bit <laughs> it's a little bit of an insult to the to kids. Their kids isn't yes. it? Yes. I was offended on behalf of these hypothetical children. As somebody who is a child. Well, who's uh, an adult child now. An adult child. But this is my favorite part of all of this. So I wrote my comment. I had 13 replies or 13 reactions were they angry it's half of them (laughs) (laughs) i had out of my 13 response like likes loves uh angry reacts or sad reacts i had five angry reacts one wow (laughs) which which is a pretty non-committal reaction and a couple of sad reacts oh they're so sad but i thought the vast majority of them are angry reacts Mm -hmm. which is exactly what i would expect i would exactly respect uh, expect this why because in America, in 2021, the people who are using their anger to try to control other people are not usually men. It's no. women. No. Women are the ones who are like, mama's not happy right now, little girl. You just wrote a comment on Facebook that I disagree with. An, an angry emoji is like the worst punishment it's a mom that, face. that you could be given. I got five women making mom face at me right now because right. they think they're going to put me in line with it. Right. That's what's going on. And there are people. That's who. I, that's how. Who I'm writing to. There are people who are who are afraid to be labeled a jerk. There are there are people who are deathly afraid of those angry faces. Right. Peach. Right. They're children. They're you know young people or people who want the validation of a mother figure. Mm-hmm. If they get a an angry react from a mom instead, it's like oh no, I'm in trouble. I'm in I time have out. done something wrong. Yeah. I'm being I am being disciplined right now by I my mom. I am being a jerk. Yeah. So here, here was my response to that, just to the general angry reacts I was getting. I said, what are these strangers, women, trying to accomplish by angry reacting me? Are these the happy moms that are supposedly happy because they had their divorce <laughs> and now things are better for them? Uh-huh. They what? got away from the toxic black hole They've, of narcissism. They're divorced. They're no longer with this abuser. They're happy now, right? Why Butterflies, are rainbows, unicorns. Why are they over here scowling at me? Right. And they're just so happy. Um, I said... <laughs> Are they trying to shame me into changing my comment because mama ain't happy, so it's my fault? Must be my fault. It's not healthy. I've seen a lot of dish towels that say, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. Correct. Correct. And we... You going to argue with all those dish towels? I... Well, I guess if I can't argue with them, I will just go ahead and be the unhappy mama for a moment so that somebody might listen. It's true. If mama ain't happy, she's going to make sure that nobody else is happy. Right. Right, and is the question is, is that the way that Jesus would behave? <laughs> is that something a Christian woman should embrace? Such a jerk. <laughs> uh, but I wrote, it's not healthy to agree with mom's perspective on literally everything, even when the entire rest of the family is seeing a different thing. Right. I'm not saying women never get abused. I'm saying we can't call the kids bizarre just because they dispute mom's claims. Silencing the children, even when they're grown, is the type of abuse moms commit, and the church is quiet. 
Christians need to be careful not to participate in that sexism that assumes men are always the cheaters and mother knows best. When an adult child has a story to tell, listen. I feel, I, I agree, but I feel like we need to put a, another little facet on this because we've talked about this before. We've talked about cutting toxic people out of your life when they're family. Yeah. Um, and we are not for it. We are not uh, in favor of, oh yes, mom has been despicable and uh, un unmanageable and we need to just distance ourselves and our children right. from my toxic mother. We're no. not in favor of that. No, because if a, if a man tried that, if a man abandons his family, right. leaves his wife and says, I did it for my own mental health because she's toxic, everybody would roll their eyes exactly. and say that's ridiculous. Exactly. And so we are being balanced and fair yeah. when we say it's it's not it's not the right thing to distance yourself from toxic people the right thing to do if they're family that's what it is it's their family if they're if they're not family if they're people that you can distance yourself from then you should right. but family doesn't doesn't fall into that category you have to deal with their toxicity you have to deal with their sin i also don't believe that the majority of women who are filing for divorce were literally getting eyes blackened by their ex-husband no they weren't they weren't I think the vast majority of these husbands who are being divorced were diagnosed narcissistic by their wives. By their wives, not by, <laughs> by, not by a professional. Not by a psychiatrist. <coughs> but their wives decided right. they were being abusive, and we've played fast and loose with that word because this is what women do. Men look at porn when they're being sinful. Men beat their wives when they're being sinful. They get drunk. They don't care about other people. That Men happens. get tired of being called abusive, and they lash out and do violent, stupid yes. things sometimes. Yes. Men get tired of being ca characterized as a monster when they're not one. And women tend to lose their attraction to their husbands after a while, and they panic. And instead of going, wow, this is something that I'm going to need to get a hold of my flesh about and pray to God about and, you know, carry on with my marriage despite the fact that I don't necessarily feel the butterflies for this guy anymore, they find some reason to blame the guy for it. And their butterflies disappear. They're no longer happy. They make everyone else in the house miserable, including their children. Including the children. And then they start making up stories about how, you know, this is this guy is just so conniving and so such a gaslighter and such a narcissist. He's managed to actually rewrite the memories right. of everyone else around. Well, and uh, actually what's happening is he hasn't rewritten the memory. She has rewritten her entire narrative, but the children haven't. The children still recognize their father for who he actually is. Not perfect, right. but it, it's difficult to it's difficult to just pick up, find another guy, and expect the children to come along. Right? You know, they're still going to be attached in some manner to their father. Right? And they're going to and react if he's sad. Um, and that's that's actually what's happening. This this lady. This was one of the only comments that I found where somebody was being was sticking up for the dad. Basically, Halfway thoughtful. And she said, what happens in these situations is that even though mom seems happier in some cases, mom's also bad-mouthing dad and trying to prevent the kids from seeing dad. Dad may have been a bad husband and not a bad dad. That was my experience. I'm older now, and I understand my mom was hurting from the hurt my dad inflicted, but I can also understand why the kids would rally behind dad. And let me tell you, in the comments under that... Did she get roasted? She didn't get roasted, but this person said... One person said if mom was really happy, she would not say bad things about dad. And I agree with that. We right. have to be careful before we label her happy mom. But also this la other lady said, by being bad to the mother, he is being bad to the kids. Wow. 
by being bad to the mother, he's being bad to the kids. If your experience is different from your mother's, you're wrong. Right. Her emotions are right. Right. If you if you have some sort of sympathy or uh, compassion for your father, then shame on you. Right. Because you should be looking to your mother for how to treat your father. Right. right. You should look to your mother for how to treat her ex-husband. And I just That's realized the- that lady who said that is the same one who commented under my post, too. <laughs> She's so apparently she- triggered. Cheryl's going down the line just making sure nobody has anything to say about hypothetical sad dad. Right. Um, but, but anything nice to say. About thankfully, it. this lady said, uh, this other lady who said, I'm sharing my experience. My dad is a good dad. And mm-hmm. I dare you to, <laughs> I dare you to try to argue against that. Right. Um, well, but, but there you go. It, yeah, it's, we brought it around. See how we did that? Did we bring it around? Yeah. We started talking about jerks and the, uh, the situation is that there are there are women who sin, and that's the that's the shocking, controversial thing that doesn't get shared very often in evangelical circles. That women women are also capable of great evil, um, not just men. Right. And, and we will have to keep talking about this. Apparently, we will. We will. It, as long as you're on this podcast, we'll have to keep talking about it. I have to do it. I have to use my female powers for good because I just can't can't stand it i can't stand the women <laughs> women who are out here saying it is cruel for you to reject the testimony of a hurting woman i'm a like, hurting woman look at me i'm crying what about, can't you see that i'm sad what about the children Karen? can't you see that i'm crying <laughs> why why do you have to keep asking me for information i'm crying hi carl you can find john branion on MeWe, gab and youtube Also be part of the show by emailing your questions and comments to nextdoor at johnbranion.com. We've loved having you at our table, neighbor. See you next time and bring some friends with you. you